Hi everyone, Host Dawn here, and it's time for another episode in my series I like to call Creative Conversations. These are episodes where I talk to all sorts of different folks in various creative fields and ask them about how their love of older anime and manga has inspired them in their work. This one is extra special because not only is it for Pride Month, but this episode is also coming out on the month of the podcast's 10-year anniversary. A huge thank you from me to everyone who has been a listener over the years, whether you've been here since the start or just a few months. Your support in my work means the world to me. And if you're new here, welcome. My podcast is all about celebrating older anime and manga titles, as well as fandom history from before the 2000s, back before everything was so easy to find online and watching anime wasn't nearly as simple as it's become now. I hope you'll stick around, and I also hope you'll enjoy this very fun episode with my extra special guest. Thanks again, and enjoy! everybody and welcome to the anime nostalgia podcast as always i am your host dawn and thank you for joining me on this very special occasion for many reasons first of all this month is the podcast's 10th birthday if you can believe that i've been doing this podcast for 10 whole years like oh where's the time go (laughs) but it is also pride month And I am so very honored and excited to have a very, 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 very special guest with us today. You might know her as a contestant on season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race. She is a Wowie Award winner for Best YouTube Channel, a fierce performer who also happens to be a fan of anime, manga, and video games. I am so honored to have as my guest today, drag queen extraordinaire rock'em sakura thank you oh my god hi (laughs) thank you so much for having me i'm i'm very excited to have you here like literally i've been a fan of yours the like the moment i saw your introduction video for drag race i was like that outfit is like that's a weeaboo. <laughs> I was like that. That's a weeaboo coming out of there. You never thought you'd see one on TV, but there they are. <laughs> I was like, this outfit you had on, it looked like a combination of like the wing Gundam and like a magical girl. That was essentially the concept. So for my entrance outfit, for those of you watching who haven't seen season 12 was Gundam inspired. But it's a little bit deeper than that, too, because the outfit is also inspired by a Gundam outfit that was used in Kerodo Gunso. There's a character that puts uh, there's a character, Natsumi, who puts on a Gundam outfit and like she's like called like powered Natsumi or something. So it's just like a like a sexy girl version of like a Gundam costume. And that's what I really wanted to embody. That is so cool. <laughs> I think layers. Well, part of it, too. They gave us the prompt of red, white, and blue, and I was not about to come out as, like, Benjamin Franklin with big titties. (laughs) That was the backup. But I was like, 
how do I make red, white, and blue anime? And so I just kind of like was thinking of characters typically that have the red, white, and blue color scheme. I know that people, but I know that people do Sailor Moon all the time, mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. time. And I wanted to really show my anime chops. So I picked Gundam. Ah, see, that's, that's really cool because my brain would have immediately gone to Sailor Moon too. Uh, because, but that's, like you said, that's kind of the easy way out, right? <laughs> you wanted, exactly. you wanted to really be like, this is for the real ones. The real ones will know. Yeah. Yeah. This is about you real ones out there. Well, that's the thing is like, as a, uh, someone in the entertainment industry or just, you know, people in general being someone who likes anime, likes manga. The first thing that people bring up is like, oh, I like anime. I love Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. which is a great jumping in point. Don't get me wrong. But it's such a surface level, like it's so mainstream now that it really doesn't mean anything right. to a lot of people that are like really into anime or manga or have really been in it for a long time, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Um, so we've already kind of gotten a little ahead of ourselves. So um, did you want to tell us a little bit about uh, what you do in your work? Okay. So I am a professional drag queen. I tour the country. Uh, I go to other countries. I perform. Um, I create my own costumes, my own hair, and my own numbers. And most of my drag is based around um, anime and manga influences, whether that's performing a song that's like an anime opening or creating outfits or numbers that are inspired by anime or manga themselves. Um, Most of my drag is an attempt for me to... Uh, embody an anime heroine or protagonist. So you basically want to be the the anime protagonist. You want to be the star of your own show. Essentially, yeah. I I've always like had this kind of uh, concept of being the own being the main character of your life, which is you know come more into place like on Tumblr and TikTok and stuff, like being the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always really wanted to be the main character of my life. So part of my character of Sakura um, is that I mostly wear pink hair and I mostly wear pastel or colored hair because in manga, or no, not in manga, but in anime, if you're watching, you can almost immediately tell who the main character is going to be because their hair color is different. Right, right. The 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 main so, character syndrome. <laughs> Exactly. That I wanted to have that. I wanted people to be able to like look at a cast of people and go, that's the main character right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's like uh perfect with like your looks. Like your look like you you see pictures of these costumes and outfits that you've designed and your makeup and it's definitely like, oh, that is someone who loves anime. Like the first time I ever saw it, I was like, this is so anime like it is over the top anime and i and i love that i love that uh so how did you get into anime and manga in the first place okay so um i was pretty poor growing up so i don't know if that means anything to anyone but i used to only be able to watch for a limited amount of time i was only able to watch anime um from flea market vhs sales oh yeah yeah uh uh-huh So my grandparents would go to these flea markets and they would get us like these big VHSs of um, of anime and would bring it home and we would watch it. And also, too, 
for those of you guys who got into anime and manga from the public library system, I'm one of those girlies too. There was always a plethora of anime and manga in public libraries, and um, it was free. Yeah. So I, I used to pass my time reading a lot of manga and a lot of anime. Um, but on another side of things, too, uh, uh, I'm, an, I'm an Asian American, uh, and I don't have too many of my um, – I don't have too many attachments to my roots as, like, a Vietnamese person or a Filipino person. I kind of grew up without both of my, like, actual parents. I grew up with my grandparents. Mm -hmm. So I never really had, like, a big connection with my Filipino heritage. So the way that I was able to relate to my Asian background was through what people were kind of associating me with. Like white people would be like, oh, you're Asian. Oh, uh, Pokemon. Oh, oh, anime. Oh, Dragon Ball Z. Um, which I, I always feel like I, I'm not a person who was raised by people. I was a person who was raised by television. So <laughs> right. that was my way of kind of relating back to my culture. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. As, as somebody who also kind of grew up very broke, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I also, like, I, I, I got into anime from, like, stuff on TV, but also, like, renting videos because renting videos was cheap. Uh, like you said, you mm -hmm. could go, you could uh, go to uh, flea markets and you could usually find some shady guy selling <laughs> selling a bunch of anime uh you could sometimes find manga in the library and you were like oh my god uh it's volume whatever of some random thing but it's free so i'll read it <laughs> you know for me when i was when i was in the public library system it was always there were always copies of love hina there are copies of inuyasha vampire princess miyu um, what else was there too? Oh, Ranma One Half was really prevalent there. Mm -hmm. Um, there was Cardcaptor Sakura, which is what my namesake is is uh, based off of Cardcaptor Sakura from Clamp. Ah, uh, yes, I love Clamp. Oh yeah, me too. Well, Clamp is like for a lot of gay people. You know, that's like <laughs> our first uh, gay people who love manga and anime. That's our first kind of like step into the gay universe you know yeah back in the day when uh, there wasn't a lot of like um bl stuff out it was like oh this is kind of gay it's not like outwardly gay but it's kind of gay and they're really beautiful <laughs> yeah and if you get like an english dub or something like that like the gay coding is still in there regardless of how much they edit things out we always talk about Uranus and Neptune being cousins, you know, and being edited out, but it still translates, you know? Yeah. Thankfully, now we have, like, the re-releases that have, like, the original, like, oh, no, they're definitely not cousins. <laughs> Thank God. You know, there's someone out there who's probably like, ooh, I liked it better when they were cousins, and they're most likely from <laughs> Alabama. Oh, no. <laughs> no, there are some people out there who are like, I really preferred this version, and you're like, okay what <laughs> work i mean every every person has their preferences on uh sub or dub and specific time frames i was just having a conversation with my friend the other day how when four kids was airing one piece oh yeah <laughs> it was so contentious with the fan base because we weren't getting like it verbatim we weren't getting like the actual one piece story they were changing so many things but as an adult, 
if I ever find clips of the four kids one piece, I will for sure watch it. <laughs> it's so much to unpack and it's so camp. It's just it's so strange to see how these dubs kind of came to be. Oh yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Like what they were. Like uh I still have a, a special place in my heart for that original like TV dub of Sailor Moon because they added oh, some sure. they added some wild uh like insults or just like weird ad libs. Yeah. Oh my god, he is. Sexy, no mask. <laughs> oh my god, or, he no, is sexy, no mask. Oh my god, he's sexy, no mask. I don't believe it. <laughs> or or go bleach bleach your roots, creep. Go bleach your roots, creep. Like yeah, I love that exactly. shit. That's... Um. Also, too. Uh. It's it's very much like encapsulates the feeling of the '90s where. They were like they would always teach like lessons at the end of the episodes too. Oh yeah, because they um, had to make it like you know a morality tale. Yeah, well, that was the original intention when they wanted to make remake Sailor Moon in the states mm-hmm. uh, with the American Animation Studio. You know that last year that the pilot episode leaked. Yeah, yeah. Actually, there was a really cool YouTuber who. Uh, discovered the original pilot at, uh, what was it? The Library of Congress. The Library of Congress is where they found the Sailor Moon pilot? Yes! Isn't that wild? That's fucking weird. That's, she did, but we can't find equality. That's crazy. She did a whole documentary about how she found it. It is It is a great rabbit hole to go down. I'm so down to watch that. It's great. I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> but... Um, you know, talking about like, you know, nerdy stuff and fandom things. Did you ever dabble in cosplay before you started doing drag? Oh, yeah, for sure. So when I first started doing cosplay it was like in high school. And the first few costumes that I did, I would say like maybe two or three were all male. I did. I think my first cosplay was Iruka from Naruto. Oh. And then the next two I did Luffy from One Piece. <laughs> And then after that, I was like, I'm not really feeling these characters because every time it was like, oh, I want to cosplay. I would never cosplay the characters like I wouldn't really feel it. You know, I would be like, oh, I have to pick someone that I like, like a character that I like. But I would never feel like I was embodying the character or I wanted to be the character. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't until the first time that I cosplayed as Poison from Street Fighter that I really kind of felt in my element. That was the first dabble into cross-dressing. And honestly, being able to um, do, like, I mean, like, in the fandom, we call it cross-playing, but, like, to to be able to do drag in a convention space is so nice because everyone is so welcoming. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my first dabble into drag, everyone was so positive and it was so well received that I really, um, I really didn't have a choice but to pursue this career. Honestly, <laughs> you were so good. You're like, I'm killing it. I need to make this. M- I was my entire totally career. <laughs> I looked awful, <laughs> fully awful. I had foundation. It wasn't powdered. It was just wet and loose. I had um, eyeliner, no lashes. I had lipstick just on my. It was, it was. It was a train wreck. It was fully a train wreck. But um, I, I fully felt my fantasy. <laughs> I was like walking down the convention halls like you couldn't tell me shit. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I, I feel like that's very, a very similar story to ev- not just like a drag queen, but like 
first-time cosplayers, too. Like, you put on your very first costume, you're like, yeah, I'm killing it. I'm so cool. And then you look back, like, two years later, you're like, oh, my God, what was I thinking? You're like, man, that's poo. <laughs> you're like, my friends, my friends suck for not telling me how bad I looked in this. <laughs> you're like, you let me walk around looking like this? Did you let me walk around like this? I thought we were Nakama. <laughs> so so it it's kind of interesting it's always been interesting to me how like the the venn diagram between like cosplay and drag is very close it's really close and and there's a lot there's a lot of um drag queens that do cosplay too right there's a fair amount of drag queens that start off doing drag and then they enter more of the cosplay realm because like like me and like a lot of people that are they're probably listening um they don't necessarily take a lot of influence from western media or things that they see on TV like really mm-hmm. um or things in the mainstream culture like I know a lot of drag queens that take influence from like the Kardashians, they love like Beyonce or Britney Spears or Kylie Minogue and like real life celebrities and Lady Gaga. And for me, that has never been those like those idols, like those pop stars have never really influenced me at all. And so when you start to do drag and you start to really focus on the things that make you happy that you want to portray, a lot of people end up gravitating towards cosplay and cartoon characters because that's what they grew up on. That's what they can relate to. That's where they find their queerness. I always say that my queerness doesn't really exist in um, like mainstream culture. My queerness I found through video games, manga and anime. Yeah, that's a pretty common uh, thing that I've found like in the fandom, like a lot of people, um, are kind of drawn to anime and manga and things like that because they're, it was a space where they could sort of dabble in their sexuality or it was the first time that they ever saw themselves uh, mm-hmm. represented, it, like mm-hmm. personality-wise or preference-wise or anything like that. And it was something that was like really missing from like you said, like mainstream Western media at the time. Like we're just only now starting to maybe catch up a little bit. I mean, I mean, uh, here's my question to you. Would you consider anime and manga mainstream now? Oh, definitely. Yeah, same. Um, And cosplay has become more of a regular thing now too, because you can buy cosplay so easy now online and they look good. You yeah, know? before it was like if you bought a if you bought a costume from China, it uh, it was bad. Yeah, it, was, it was really bad. It was really bad, and uh, you know you you looked like you bought a costume from China. <laughs> exactly, and you know that the wig that came with it was not going to be good. Oh no, Mm-mm. and it probably wouldn't fit. No, it, yeah, the, yeah, the wig wouldn't fit. the The cap wouldn't go all the way down, or you could see the wefts. Mm-hmm. And then with the Chinese costumes, they used to be really shiny. Yeah. Like they were made of like really, really shiny fake satin. Yeah. Like the, the fake, fake satin where if you sat too close to the sun, you'd probably burn up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they definitely didn't have the shoes either. You can buy anime shoes like specifically for characters. We had to cobble our own shoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I also. There were no wig tutorials. It was the Wild West of 
of cosplay. You really did cosplay because you loved it. You wanted to be the character. You wanted to have fun. Yeah, there was no, like... Like, now I feel like there's, like, a whole business model around cosplay, right? Cosplay is, like, a big business now. Back in the day, like, that didn't exist. It was, like, you were just, like, in your parents' basement hot gluing ribbons to, like, a swimsuit or something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, going to cons now cosplayers seem to have a different mindset of just like instead of just like hanging out and being cosplay and like embodying these characters everyone feels like they have to get the gram they have to get their pictures they have to get their tiktoks out like social media is such a big influence in our day-to-day lives and it's even influenced cosplay like a lot of people do it so that they can enter the influencer route Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think it's so interesting how it's made kind of a jump to be like more of a popular thing because back then if you were a cosplayer you were just a little bit weirder yeah you because the the word cosplay didn't even really exist in the mainstream yet Mm-hmm. It was just a thing like you knew if you were a nerd. Like, I remember the first time I heard the word cosplay on TV, I, like, almost broke my neck turning my head around. Like... Was it on GTV? Was it on... <laughs> yes, I think it was. Was it on Tech TV? Yeah. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> they know that word? Yeah, same, too. <laughs> because, like, what was it before? Uh, it would They would you just be, like, dressing up in costumes. It would be this yeah. whole long phrase... Um, it would be like, uh, I remember, uh, you, like, you know, um, convention co- uh, costumers or something like that. Oh, yeah. Convention costumers. Freaks. We go. <laughs> Weirdos. Weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, before that was only reserved. I mean, that was reserved for cosplayers and furries. Now it's just furries. No, furries, furries are pretty mainstream now, too. Yeah, I mean, we have furries winning video game competitions and helping make our... Was it Sonic Fox? Yes, <laughs> and helping make our um, uh, immunization shots. So, like... Yeah, not just that. Too. I mean, like, we wouldn't have bullet trains right now if it wasn't for furries. There's furries out there that are... Uh, I guarantee you a furry is going to cure cancer. It would not surprise me. And you know what? They're braver than any person in the military service. <laughs> Well, I mean, you you guys just watch out, okay? Because when that happens, when we get that cure, they're gonna name it something like, um, they're gonna be like Gizmo, what, well, Gadget, what is it? <laughs> what are furries like nowadays? Back in the day, it was Renamon, Gadget, and uh, My Little Pony. I, I, now, what is it now? Uh, I don't know. It'll if you're probably a furry be out there. Make some noise. It'll be probably son- something Sonic related, because Sonic's eternal. Yeah, I think so too. The Sonic foot fetish fandom will always be prevalent. <laughs> it will always be here. Truly. <laughs> so, you know, kind of going back a little bit, talking about how anime and manga, like, inspired you, um, was there, like, other than Clamp, was there any specific uh, series or artists that uh, you think really influenced Ooh. your style and your work? Okay, so the reason why my hair is pink, and we were kind of talking about this before we started the podcast was uh, one of my most influential series that I love is uh, Revolutionary Girl Utena. Yes. Because it's so gay. It's so gay. Um, <laughs> it's so gay. I love Utena as a character and she's another main character that has pink hair. Of course. Um, but besides like Revolutionary Girl Utena, I've also been really inspired by like um, 
like drag wise, I would say recently JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Ooh, okay. Um, Kurage Hime. Oh yeah, that's uh, a good one. And also too, I I'm really inspired by um, Madoka Magica. Oh. But specifically the witches because they have very interesting kind of eclectic surreal designs. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, besides anime and manga, I would say a lot of my influences do come from like J-pop and um, like idols like Kari Pomu Pomu or um, even like uh, Sentai villains, like Power Ranger villains yeah. where it's like uber campy verbatim, just like the villain is just a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Like that's the <laughs> kind of drag I want to be. I want to be a vacuum cleaner. And that makes sense because like um, that was the kind of stuff that influenced things like Sailor Moon and other anime like throughout history so like it all kind of is a a never-ending circle that eats itself (laughs) yeah i mean uh art influences art which influences art which influences art yeah totally totally um um i think uh, also too another thing that influences my uh drag specifically in makeup is that one scholastic book the how to draw manga with the guy with the hair the blue one that's me iconic yeah that's it (laughs) <laughs> did, did you see like oh gosh was it last year the 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 artist that drew that book like uh came out on social media and was like oh my god like i'm so happy that like my dumb art inspired so many people a generation <laughs> of people because like they were i think 16 when they did that book they were 16 when they made that book yeah. that's crazy isn't that wild I was like, I gotta find a copy of that book. I was like, honestly. holy shit! And so everyone was doing like a like draw the blue guy from the how to draw <laughs> manga book, and it was so cute. Like people trying to draw that character in their their own styles. I was like, oh, this is so wholesome and sweet. I love that. I gotta do a drag version of that. Let's be real. Yes. Oh, that would I would love to see that. Uh, a drag version of the the blue haired guy. That would be amazing. I'd love, love, love to see that. Um, so something that, you know, because anime is such a broad and eclectic and, you know, creative space, do you think that's uh, one of the reasons why it's such a big inspiration to some people in the drag community? So I feel like um, drag has always been this expression for people to uh, really just express themselves the best way that they can. Um, it's like, it's constantly a fight to, uh, display your best self to fight for your own true character, you know? And a lot of people who do drag or are queer or, um, dabble in drag, um, really relate to, um, not just anime and manga, but like superhero comics as well too, because a lot of those stories that are told, um, in those mediums involve like underdogs who, um, fight for specific reasons you know um like heroes heroes in their own stories heroes that fight for what they believe in and so i feel like a lot of um drag artists relate to that so much Mm -hmm. that they embody it in their drag you know yeah and it's it's kind of funny to talk about that now especially when like 
drag is under such scrutiny at this moment in time, which um, if you are listening to this podcast and you are like, oh my God, I can't believe you have a drag queen on your podcast on what the hell are you doing? Uh, I would (laughs) kindly show you the door and say, get the fuck out of here because we all know that all this legislation against drag right now is total bullshit disguised as uh, transphobic rhetoric. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for those of you guys listening that might not be up to date on the news, there's a lot of attacks on drag artists right now and our rights as performers, but it's kind of a backdoor tactic for um, Republicans to get at trans people's rights because um, they assume that a lot of people will group drag queens and trans people in the same kind of cloud um, of people. So don't, don't fall for that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's yeah. a load of bullshit. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> because drag, uh, if drag is a career, yeah. Drag performers aren't always trans and trans people aren't drag performers. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, like, you might have some young listeners, too, who might be, like, a little bit confused about it, too. Let me just say, like, drag is something that I can do. I can put on. I can take off at the end of the day. Um, I can use it to perform however I want. It's more of, like, a performance art, artistic expression for me. And trans people live their day-to-day lives as trans people. They don't take it off. It's not It's not a part of them. They can just remove um, they live their full, true, authentic selves every single second of every single day. Right. That's why it's it's total bullshit, kids. Uh, this is why it's very important to vote. <laughs> yeah. Get registered to vote. Make sure that you vote. Make sure you stay up to date um, in all of your legislation where you live. Um, also, too, like, think about it this way, okay? Like, they are, like they're the empire in star Wars, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't let them take over like underhandedly just out of nowhere. Okay. Mm -hmm. Stay on your toes and support all your local drag Queens. Yeah. Support your local drag Queens too. So the reason why I got into, um, drag itself was I went to go see a drag show and, you know, I've, I'd seen drag like on TV and in videos before, but nothing had really like called me to the medium. I went out and I saw a show. My drag sister now, um, Kai Kai B. Michaels, she's also a cosplayer from the Bay Area. She was doing a number as Lumpy Space Princess. (laughs) And she did My Humps from Alanis Morissette. And it was the stupidest number I'd ever seen in my whole fucking life. (laughs) And that was the moment I said, I see myself in this. I want to do this. You know, it only takes one person, one drag person doing cosplay for someone to look at them and go, damn, I want to do this too. (laughs) And then you're in it for life. Then you're in it for life. (laughs) Next thing you know, (laughs) next thing you know, you're gluing magical girl wands into a wig. Well, you know what? (laughs) I have always wanted to glue Whenever I get like new trinkets or something from like the from the store, like I get a magical girl wand or something like that, I always just put it on my head. I don't know why. I'll like put it just on the base of my head and be like, "Oh, this would make a great hat," or "Oh, this would look great up here." And so now, as like as a performer, I'm able to be like, I'm able to justify it. 
Oh, also being a drag performer, too, I'm able to justify a lot of anime purchases. <laughs> You're like, because it's, could... it's for my it's for my uh, performance. It's for my performance, for my wig. It's for the back of my YouTube. It's a prop for a photo shoot. So I'm able to like really justify buying all of this stuff to please my inner child <laughs> through the guise of my career. That's amazing. What What would you say is the most expensive uh, anime thing you own? Ooh, the most expensive anime thing I own. Let me think, actually. I think... Oh, God, what is it? What is it? I think the most expensive anime thing I own own is most likely because like i don't buy like the super big sets honestly mm-hmm. i don't buy super large um models or anything like that but i'll buy very copious amounts of small trinkets that get very expensive together uh, mm-hmm. so i would say that one of my shelves in my background for my youtube is about three thousand dollars wow and I think I bought it around all around the same time within like a couple of weeks because I was like, I'm not used to having money. <laughs> I better get this before I uh, I've also had to move so many times, too. So I've had to like I've gotten anime stuff and then I've had to throw it away or I can't take it with me or I give it to someone else. And now that I'm able to have like a space of my own, I'm like hoarding all of this anime stuff. <laughs> If I was a dragon in The Hobbit, that would be my hoarding, would be anime and Sanrio figurines. <laughs> You're just on top of a big pile of Sailor Moon uh, Ichiban Kuji. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So before we get into some listener questions, because I got a whole bunch uh, because people were very excited to hear that you were on the show. Um, what are some older anime and manga titles that you would recommend younger fans check out? Okay, so older anime and manga titles for younger fans, I would say um, if you're looking for something kind of fun, like a fun romp that's not really serious, uh, check out like Ranmo One Half or something. Yes, I love Rumiko Takahashi. Rumiko Takahashi is 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 a really fun creator. She has a couple of questionable themes in a lot of her manga. Like it, it is it, within the ecchi um, umbrella. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind in 2023. Some of this stuff was made in the 80s. So just keep that in mind. Right. Um, if you are really like edgelord meme humor and you want something that's like going to really just have kind of fucked up humor and make you laugh watch golden boy oh i love it's golden like, boy it's one of those ones where you're like oh this is so bad but i can't help laughing at this it's, i really can't help <laughs> laughing at this it's one of those rare times where also i love the dub way more than the original the dub oh yeah the dub, the is, dub so is so funny much better. it's so funny <laughs> There's a couple of, of animes. Uh, speaking of, if you guys want to watch older animes, but you don't want to read subtitles because either you're busy or you like the English dubs better, um, there's a couple of anime that, to me, are much better in the English dub. So you can always watch Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. You can watch um, Cromartie High School if you are really into comedy. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, 
And I would say another one that has a good English dub is the original version of Trigun. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's relevant, kids, because, you know, the new Trigun just came out this year. Oh, and people are going crazy over the new Trigun. Mm -hmm. People are going crazy. People are getting Vash. um, People are getting uh, Vash fever all over again. And it's so interesting to watch because it's happened once and it's happening again. Yeah. A a really good friend of mine and a friend of the show, um, uh, Rachel, sporadic erratic, uh, was talking not too long ago about how it's like, oh, yes, nature is healing. A new batch of vashes has has just entered the convention <laughs> sphere. <laughs> yeah, but they have easier hair this time. They don't have to do the spiked vash hair. Oh, yeah. I feel like that was a gift to us from the creators. Yeah, now it's just like, you know, kind of like uh, fuckboy hair. Almost emo hair. Fuckboy hair? <laughs> fuckboy hair? Okay, yeah, it's kind of fuckboy hair. You're right. Uh, but Going I'm, I'm into it because, like, I never really liked Vash, Vash's, like, Bart Simpson hair from back in the I day. I love his Bart Simpson hair. Are you kidding? <laughs> it was so endearing just thinking that this man gets up every day and just puts so much gel in his hair that it just sticks up. <laughs> that it just stays That's that way. So cute. <laughs> but, um, like, when I, I when I saw his new design, I was like, oh, no, I, I'm in danger. <laughs> that's the thing is like for me i i don't care i like vash either way that's how you know you're fucked is if someone gets a haircut and you still like them oh that's true that's Um, that's like i uh, originally i i was more of a a wolfwood person and i think i still am um so i was like well he looks good in both of them so (laughs) (laughs) um and a man to carry your stuff yeah yeah totally if you let's see, going back to anime and manga success suggestions, if you want to um, if you're really into horror, if you want to get into the horror scene, I know people are always going to suggest this, but really read Junji Ito manga. Yes. Like especially the Uzumaki and Tomie series are really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they're great. Um, they're, they're kind of like the they're the best. Uh, they're the best of the horror genre in anime and manga period. Just don't watch the anime on Netflix. Just don't do it. It, yeah. it ruins the whole thing. It's a boner killer. It's it's really sad because I'm also a really big fan of Jinji Ito and I lament that every time there's been a anime adaptation so far, it's just been total butt. It's like people forget how to do yeah. horror anime. Like it's it's such a bummer. It, yeah, I mean, part of it, too, is like it. some things just don't translate into other media, which is why some books don't translate into different media. Mm-hmm. Um, live true. action adaptations of anime never seem to really work because it only works in a fantasy context, mm-hmm. like the new Cowboy Bebop, Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very worried about the new One Piece live action adaptation. I have to be honest. No matter how much they love the series and everything. Yeah. I just don't know if it's going to translate. Yeah. I really don't. I'm also really weary about that um, live action Yu Yu Hakusho they announced. Because I'm like. Wait, they're doing a live action Yu Yu Hakusho? Yes. What? Yeah. Oh, that's another one. If you want to get into if you want to get into an older series, watch Yu Yu Hakusho. Yes. Because that's one of my favorites. I love it. It's so good. It's so good. Full on. If you want to watch the anime and get sucked into one of the best anime openings ever, (gasps) 
That's the one. Oh my God, Smile Bomb is such a bop. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, um, if you like novels uh, that are like sci-fi or a little bit more mellow, um, like if you're a fan of Jules Verne, um, watch uh, Nadia's Secret of Blue Water. We're yes. watching. We're rewatching Nadia right now, and it's that's another one that is very charming in the English dub. Yeah, it's very charming. It's very dub. cute. It's very cute. I I also really enjoy that one. That's one I haven't rewatched in a long time. I really need to uh, watch that again now that I have it on Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, did you get on Blu-ray too? Mm-hmm. We just got on Blu-ray. That's yeah. What we're <laughs> yeah. Um, who was it? G Kids. G Kids was very kind and sent me a copy. Thank you. Shout out to G Kids. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I have a lot of really great questions. I'm not sure if we'll be able to get through all of them because like I got sent a whole bunch, but I'll try to pick out some some really good ones. So let's see. Sure. Um, Ayumi asks, who are your absolute favorite magical girls? Um, my absolute favorite magical girls. Well, one would number one would have to be uh, Sakura Kinomoto from Cardcaptor Sakura, especially because she's my namesake. Love her, like love her demeanor. I love how kind she is. She's great. Um, also, I mean, like OGs like Sakura. Also love Usagi. Um, I'm also a big fan of um, uh, Madoka. Mm-hmm. From the Madoka series, those are my top three magical girls. But I would say up there too is probably like the whole cast of Magic Knights Ray Earth. I would <gasps> consider them magical girls too. Yes, I love Ray Earth so much. Mm-hmm. If you if you want to get into a series that is kind of like a genre breaking uh, shojo shonen sort of manga, Magic Knights Ray Earth kind of redefined the shojo genre um, and put. Uh, girls into a shonen series so definitely check that one out it's another clamp series it's pre-card captor sakura mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it w- so it it's... ran in the same magazine as sailor moon like um uh, uh around the same time actually really yep uh oh, that's crazy yeah the the um the head writer of clamp said that uh, they probably wouldn't have been able to actually get away with doing Ray Earth unless Sailor Moon had been popular because after the after Sailor Moon hit it, Nakayoshi was like, yes, we want more magical girl things. Yes, yes, give us, give us, give us, because Sailor Moon is really big right now. We, we want the next Sailor Moon. Oh, God, that's crazy. Yeah, and... Uh, she was playing a lot of JRPGs at the at the times, uh, like you could probably tell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, because the one before that, what is it, RG Vega? Oh yeah, Rig Vega. Is, yeah, yeah. That one is very RPG. Mm-hmm. It's like very very RPG. Yeah. So if you ever want to watch something that's like it's magical girls, but it's also like giant robots and isekai. Uh, oh. We could talk forever about the isekai genre and how it's influencing the current um, cartoon scene here in America. Oh, yeah. Like, you could talk about that forever. Yeah. If you if you love Amphibia, I always call it Frog Shigi Yugi. <laughs> That's so it's cute. just the frog version of Fushigi Yugi. <laughs> it really is, honestly. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, okay. So let's see. Um, we had an anonymous ask on Tumblr. Uh, have you ever performed to anime songs? And if yes, which one is your favorite to perform to? Ooh, okay. So I've done uh, I've done a lot of anime songs, and I've I've performed a lot, a lot of anime songs. I would say my favorite song to perform is uh, the opening from Nadia's Secret of Blue Water. Oh, really? Because that one is so easy to dance to. Mm-hmm. It's so so fun. Um, to just move around to. Um, and I also like to perform. There's a, a song in the OVA of Sonic. There's a, like um, a Sonic OVA where there's a song called Lookalike. Oh, um, that's a deep cut. I, it's a very deep cut. But that song, is, it, that song slaps. <laughs> it's so good. I will perform that song till the day I die. Oh, that's that's a really interesting choice. Yeah, I can see that. Very danceable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sarah asks, if you could do an official brand collaboration with any anime, manga, or video game, what would be your dream choice? One Piece. Really? One Piece. Yeah, One Piece. Cardcaptor Sakura is my favorite anime, but my favorite manga series is One Piece. Oh. I'm fully... It's a very queer-friendly shonen series, mm-hmm. truly and honestly. There's drag queen characters, and they're not put into these roles where they're like... I mean, they're they're jokes, but they're not just the butt of the jokes. They're written very valiantly. They're written very strong. Um, and I really appreciate that. It, like, One Piece is one of my favorite, favorite series, and I would love to do a collaboration with them. Oh, that would be interesting. I would love to see that. Um, People from Viz, like, get on this, okay? (laughs) Come on, Viz. (laughs) Come through. (laughs) Uh, Wandering Dreamer asks, if you had no restrictions or concerns uh, about people recognizing the character or time restraints, etc., what anime drag look would you most love to do? Uh, One that I have really been dreaming of is Angewoman from Digimon. Oh, that would be so sick as a drag look. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because can you imagine doing that look, but the whole thing is built with, like, really expensive ostrich feathers, very expensive fabric, Mm -hmm. and just uh, everything done right. If I had unlimited funds, I would definitely want to do that. Or... I would want to do um, I would want to do a look from uh, Bubblegum Crisis. <gasps> oh my god, I love Bubblegum Crisis. Any of those looks from Bubblegum Crisis would absolutely be a dream to have. So like the 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 the, the, the armor suits or like the the actual the like outfits. Suits. Oh, the armor okay. Suits. Yeah, yeah. That would be sick. I mean, I've seen some people like cosplay those, but they look so, so hard to do. <laughs> oh, yeah, they look really hard to do. Well, sometimes like as a drag queen, like I'll hire a designer for an outfit and it's like a couple thousand. Mm. So I would hire a design if I had unlimited funds. I'd hire a designer to be like, all right, 25,000, drop it on this bubblegum bubblegum crisis suit make it let's go <laughs> now would you like design your own or would you want one of the one of the characters i would design my own ah, i would design my own. cool because i was For a lot of uh a lot of my looks in drag i typically tend to instead of going verbatim for cosplay mm-hmm. i like to have my own interpretation of the character yeah that makes sense like especially with drag you want to mm-hmm. make it like look good on you you want to make it 
have some of your personality. That's that's the thing. Is like I feel like a lot of people go verbatim for cosplay when it comes to drag, which is which is fine. Like your number is gonna make sense. But for me, a lot of things that inspire me is how the characters are embodied within my mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, but I like immediately my mind went to like Nene's because she has like her outfit or her hard suit is like uh, it has pink details, and I was like, oh, that would be so cute. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um she also asks for uh folks that you've seen do anime inspired looks but aren't actually anime fans what do you say is the biggest cringe that you see from those types of looks okay so for those ones it's and it's always sailor moon mm-hmm. it's always sailor moon i always feel like it's really cringe when the the influence is manga or anime and they'll have Chinese design elements in the outfits where it's like it's completely mixing different cultures and they just mix all Eastern like Eastern Asian cultures like into one thing. Uh, um, yeah, like they haven't done their homework. They just are like, well, it's all Asian. So it all goes together. Also, I think it's really cringe when people like cosplay as Usagi and then they're like, I'm just a fuckable anime girl. Like, girl, like, you've never watched the series. <laughs> Usagi is a much more, a much deeper character than you think that she is. She's a big bisexual disaster and we love her for that. Exactly. <laughs> we love bisexual disasters. Say it with me, folks. Bisexual. Di- okay. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, we also had another anonymous, uh, asker from Tumblr who says, what anime or manga or video game character would you love to see perform drag? Okay. So there's a couple of characters that I would love to see perform drag, but specifically I would love to see them get put into drag, mm-hmm. like to get, like to get put into drag and see what kind of, um, kind of numbers they could really pull off and i i really think that um i would love to see the main character from hajime no ippo do drag (laughs) oh my god that would be so interesting it would be so cute um and i also think it'd really be fun to see pretty much any like uber straight character from one piece that isn't already doing drag do drag <laughs> i would say i would love to see oh god probably zoro do drag oh that would be interesting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. someone like who's traditionally very like hyper masculine yes exactly for sure for sure i would love to see them be pretty ladies yeah yeah i can see that for sure uh it's kind of like um if you ever see fushigi yugi how in the first ova they had those little omakes where uh, at the end, like all the the male characters had to wear dresses. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Wow, you just unlocked something. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's okay. I was just very obsessed with Bishugugi. I may or may not have had to uh, copy tapes of that for like fifteen of my friends and have seen that show very, very very many times that's fine you know what if it's going to be any show that you're going to be obsessed with as a child it's going to be an isekai and it's going to be a good isekai like fushigi yugi yes so 
soap opera-y shoujo isekai is like my favorite kind of isekai it's so good if you guys are younger listeners now the uh isekai genre was essentially just a shoujo staple for the longest time it was just shoujo and this whole kind of like shonen isekai like power fantasy over women is a new thing personally i think it started with sword art online I think that's, that's kind of what was the jumping off point. Catalyst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I don't like Sword Art Online. <laughs> Sorry for anyone who likes Sword Art Online. Just well, watch Hack. <laughs> don't worry. Since this is a podcast that's more focused on older things, most people listening are probably like, ugh, Sword Art Online. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Including me. I'm not really a fan. of. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> all right and let's see i think we have time for one more so maya asks being your namesake i gotta ask about sakura kinomoto are you more of a fan of her with soyeron or with tomoyo so the the interesting thing with with sakura especially like with clamp writing her um like with uh, like tomoyo being kind of like a love interest for sakura that was the original intention of the clamp artist um, I do really like Sakura growing to love Shaoran. I really, that's my pairing. But I really do appreciate how, um, how kind of like, how lovely Tomio's love for Sakura is. I think it's really, I think it's really cute. It's, it's portrayed really well in the anime. Um, but I would, I would rather have Sakura and Shaoran. Not Shaoran from the clear card arc, which is the new one that's out right now, because I don't know, that's something about Clamp, they're going crazy. But <laughs> from the original series, mm-hmm. where he wasn't an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> where he was also for a while a bisexual disaster. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yes, please. <laughs> um, she also asks, uh, uh, also, we know that you like retro anime, but what are some of the more modern shows that you enjoy? The girls from Pop Team Epic seem to have your vibes to me. Oh, I love Pop Team Epic. Of course. <laughs> um, uh, if you want to watch like um, an Azumanga Daioh-esque thing that's really weird, you should watch uh, Asobi Asobase. Oh, um, I think I saw a little bit of that one. It's weird. It's, <laughs> if you watch in Japanese, the, the one of the girls, Hanako, her voice actress is so funny. It's just so funny to just listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, I I also love uh, the English anime for Food Wars. Um, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is another one that we watch. Um, oh, uh, Ranking of Kings, if you love <gasps> oh, fairy tales. I love Ranking, Ranking of, Kings. of Kings. So good. Mm-hmm. It's so, so good. It makes me cry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm fucking crying at it, too. Oh, you better believe it. So uh, the art style makes it look uber cutesy and very fairy tale but the writing is so, it's so good. It will make you cry. Yeah. And you will love the main character there's no way that you can't i would do anything for him i love him so much (laughs) yeah i would kill for boji i would so be down for that he's Um, he's best boy contemporary like contemporary games i would say if you're really into kids dancing around killing each other go for danganronpa (laughs) or if you like visual novels definitely danganronpa um if you are looking for, um, let's see, manga-wise, uh, I would say read, oh, what is it, what is it? Um, 
uh, Miyoko-chan is one of the ones that I really like the manga of. The anime is okay, but the manga for Miyoko-chan is really, really fun to just binge read. Just the whole thing. It's a, it's the one about the girl who can see the ghosts. Oh, that looked and she really. Has to, like, that looked main still. Yeah, that looked really cute. I've been meaning to to try that one. It's surprisingly wholesome. <laughs> it's very surprisingly wholesome. That's always there's a fun. couple of there's a couple of uh fan there's a couple of like uh fan uh, what is it called fan service moments, but it's also kind of gay. Oh, it's, it's gay. Nice. It's, you have to read it for yourself, and you judge if it's gay, but it's it's gay. <laughs> I I usually uh, trust my gay friends when they're like, I know it's not supposed to be gay, but in my heart, it's gay. <laughs> it's gay. And in the most recent chapters, there's a very, like, uh, Madoka, Homura type of vibe with one of the characters. And by that, I mean she's, like, obsessive, toxic gay. Oh. I love, you know, I love. Uh, I love when gay women are written beautiful and pure, but I also love when they're so toxic. I hate, I, oh, I love it. Listen, I hate that I love it. Listen, we support women's wrongs. We support women's wrongs. <laughs> gay rights? What about gay wrongs? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, uh, Sakura, it has been so amazing to get to talk to you. Can you let the people know uh, any projects that you're working on that you want to plug or where we can find you on the internet? So if you guys want to find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, it's Rock'em Sakura, R-O-C-K-M-S-A-K-U-R-A. And eventually I'm going to get back into Twitch and that's Rock'em Sakura underscore Desu because some crazy person took my name. Oh my God. I don't know why. I hate it when um, that happens. Oh, I know it's nuts. But definitely go and watch us on TikTok and YouTube. That's where a lot of, um, uh, I feel like that's where a lot of my drag shines. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also working on an album. So we'll see if it comes out in the next 10 years or something. Ooh. So I've been saying that for the last three years, so we'll see <laughs> if it actually comes out. Uh, yeah, I totally recommend uh, your YouTube channel is so much fun. Uh, and you have like anime related videos on there that are a blast. I loved watching the ones that you did with Nikki Doll uh, judging Sailor Moon villain uh, outfits. Oh, yes. So if you guys want to see me and Nikki Doll judge outfits from different animes and video game characters definitely go check out geek chic on youtube that's our series and it's a good mixture of nerddom and queerdom and fashion yeah i was blown away when i realized that nikki doll's name actually came from nikki larson which is the french name of city hunter i was like oh, isn't that nuts secret nerd <laughs> oh she the thing is like if you know nikki personally like she is not a secret nerd she is the nerdiest weeaboo weeabooiest person ever i'm fully like i was like naruto running in high school like don't get me wrong i'm a nerd but i'm sure that she had like 400 zippers final fantasy character style you know oh man that's <laughs> when 
when I first saw her online, like I, I wouldn't have gotten that though. Like, well, for her reveal outfit, um, for the revealed for season 12, her outfit was a reference to pain from final fantasy. (gasps) Oh my God. I can't believe I didn't notice that. If you go back and see it, uh, it's totally pain. Like you will be like, <laughs> how did I not see that before? Right. <laughs> but when she started doing the the series with you, I was like, oh, she's actually a huge nerd. I love this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. She loves that shit. Thank you so much again, Sakura. And many thanks to those who left me tips this month on Kofi, including Annalie, Ralph Snatchki, Jose, and several listeners who wished to remain anonymous. Thank you all so very much. And anyone who has ever left me a tip these past few years, I couldn't have done half of this work without your support. Thank you so, so, so much. If you want to get a shout out in the next episode of the podcast to be just as cool as they are all you have to do is go to my Kofi account and leave me a tip of two or more coffees i'll have a link to that in the show notes which you can see at animenostalgia.blogspot.com as well as at animenostalgia.tumblr.com where you can also find other relevant links for this episode as well as links to past episodes you can also find this podcast on apple podcasts spotify stitcher google play Pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts, just do a search for the Anime Nostalgia Podcast and you can usually find it. And while you're there, you could always show my podcast some love by leaving a rating or a review. I always love seeing what people have to say about the podcast. Or if you want to send me your thoughts and comments directly, or you just want to say hi, you can always email me at animenostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. It might take me a little while to get back to you, but I promise that I do read all the email that I get. My amazing theme song music was done by Carobit. You can find out more about them and their music at carobit.net. That's K-E-R-O-B-I-T dot net. So thank you so much for being here for my (laughs) 10-year podcast anniversary and for Pride Month, Rock. I, I super appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Happy 10-year anniversary to this podcast. Happy Pride Month, everyone. We all know that Pride Month is kind of the one of the kickstarts of con season two. So make sure uh, if you want to see me at any of your anime conventions, write to your con staff, whoever is doing the booking, and tell them to reach out to me. I just did, I've done two cons in Canada, and I have to say they are some of my favorite gigs to do. And I love, love anime conventions. So if you guys want me there, write to your booking people, and hopefully they get me down there. Yes, yes. Get Rock at more conventions so that maybe someday I can actually see her in person. (laughs) Right? All right. Uh, That's all for this episode, everyone. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Talk to you later.
Another thing I forgot to talk about was uh, Gaia Online. Oh, man. That's because Gaia Online was a big dress-up game that was like kind of like a lot of like I was like, ooh, I get to dress up in drag. I get to be like extra girly. I get You're to like, wear dresses and I stuff. I can't put on this frilly anime dress. Exactly. Well, that's that's exactly what it was. That's not <laughs> even a joke. I fully believe that Gaia Online has led me to do drag as well. I mean, I can see that. It was a lot of people's <laughs> gay awakening. Oh yeah, for sure. Those message boards were very un unmonitored. <laughs> un un unhinged. Unhinged, yeah. 